Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. We have a really important show today. It's really important. Um, You know, when I thought about this and introducing all of you to Trish Laub, I thought about, you know, what it is that had touched her on the shoulder and had called her to come forward with a passion and purpose in life that is so important given the day and age we live in now. Now, we didn't know that at the time, but it has now become one of the most important things we look at. And today we're going to talk about a most meaningful life with Trish Laub. But what that journey is like is going to take us through the realm, the realm of scenarios that one enters in life when they are either asked to be a caregiver. We're going to talk about the meaning of that and what Trish calls it. Or you are on the other side of that the receiver. You know, today I get to introduce all of you to somebody that has created an amazing platform, someone that has said yes to touching upon one of the most important aspects of our journey. And we've talked about this from years back. We talked about the fact that we would be coming into a time where we look at comfort in their journey and that's that's her uh it's an award-winning book series we're talking about that as well but what we are really talking about is how one steps forward and looks at this aspect of caregiving in a totally different way looking at it from every aspect of who you are and the scenario that you have in your life in front of you now that you didn't expect. And we're gonna talk about the range because here's what we know about this journey. Every single one of us gets to start this journey at a very young age. You just don't know it. Today, I wanna introduce you to my friend, my colleague, and the host of a fabulous hit show, somebody that understands caregiving is the acknowledgement of the care hero. Trish, it's great to have you. It's great to be here. Thank you. Uh, I want to start with what I said about the idea of, look, we start, we start this journey really early on, but we don't know it. And I want to just take people on a, on a journey in your life. This is something that I know. Each of us has challenges and obstacles. I would love to know for you what some of the challenges and obstacles you had to go through shaped you, molded you, had you stand tall in your power to bring you to this moment. Okay. (laughs) Let me just start with the um, caregiving journey. We can get to the other term. But I so agree with you. That journey starts for us before we even recognize that it's part of our journey. And um, I have so many examples now that I can stand where I am and look back and say, oh my gosh, I was a caregiver. I was a care hero. And simple things like stopping on the side of the road for an accident or helping, um, oh gosh, my mom years and years and years ago cut her hands. And even as a little six-year-old, I had to do my part to help the household still run and take care of my mom with my sisters. Um, after she was injured, uh, just there's so many things like that along the actual care process that I now look back on. My grandparents lived with my parents, and I had to. Pro- I didn't have to. I chose to provide care for them when my parents were traveling or unable. 
So it, it was not a conscious process. It's, it's almost for me, it's almost, um, it's just kind of a primal thing. Somebody needs help and I want to help them. But then on the flip side of that, I look back to the path that I've kind of taken with my formal education in systems analysis and design and designing systems, looking at processes, figuring out how to make them run smoothly to um, a variety of the self-employed jobs I've had. Um, unexpectedly in 2005, I ended up writing two books of a three book series on um, raising triple threat kids who can sing, dance and act. Didn't see that coming, but that came in very useful when I wrote books. So for me, it's just, I can really stand where I am today and look back and go, wow, everything led to here. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I, that's why I started with talking about early on, we are prepared for the entire journey of life. We just mm -hmm. don't know we're prepared. And sometimes we don't know how prepared we are going to need to be. And isn't that where your body of work now comes in or steps in, as I should say, because we may be prepared to put the Band-Aid on the brother. Oh, like Anthony cut himself on a tree, uh, Band-Aid, and you're given a little toolkit, and you throw this on, you clean it with this, and then you just slap the Band-Aid on it. Right. So we get that. What we don't get may be training to care for somebody that has a critical condition, maybe a condition that slowly deteriorates over, over time. I have a friend that has MS. And so those journeys are different. Um, how was that journey for you? Because you're right, we learned to put the Band-Aid on, but we don't know how to care for somebody that we're gonna care for for 10 years or more. And you're right, even with all of the kind of care experiences I had and all of the, the journey in the jobs and opportunities like that that I had that have, have gotten me to this point. I had moved across the country from Chicago to Denver and 48 hours later, my dad went into medical crisis and six months later, my mom did. So by January of 2013, I was standing with my sisters going, what the heck? I mean, my parents had done estate planning. They had long-term care insurance. They were going to take care of themselves. And I always assumed that, I mean, I always wanted to help if they, if I could, if they needed it, but I didn't have any clue. We were not in any way, shape or form prepared for everything to explode at both parents at the same time unexpectedly. And um, I guess the, the previous experience, like with the caregiving with the band-aids on the kids, that surely showed me I had the compassion to help someone. But it didn't, what, where it really fell apart for us is that my family was very healthy. So we had not been in the medical system at all. I didn't even know what a hospitalist was. Never heard the term. I thought my, my parents' PCP was going to show up. And then this whole world of care. I mean, my grandparents' age, their family, you just took in your grandparents and you took care of them. And so I was really um, unprepared, really unprepared for it. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's the answer to how to get prepared for that is, is big yet small. I mean, if you start now, it can be very small. If you wait until it explodes in your face, then it can be big. <laughs> well, and you know, you've documented this in your fabulous, fabulous book, right? You know, what I'm talking about is also the way I introduced the show today. Right. And, you know, what we're talking about here in looking at this is how we go through a most meaningful life. Right. And what that journey is like when you talk about somebody that you're so close to, like a father. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, these are sometimes folks that we don't ever expect to be in this scenario. So there's so much to it, but then you took it one step further and you said, yes, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to create videos about this. I'm going to help people with this. And then now this has become one of the most important roles that somebody could play is to be the expert in the field to help other people. Isn't that you know, that is totally taking that experience and realizing you're not alone and other people need help. 
Right. And to be completely honest, I spent three years trying to talk myself out of doing it. Yeah. I knew it was big. And I knew writing three, I had written two books before I knew writing three books. Um, they're reference style. So there's, they're really compact with information within the number of pages in a book. I knew that was going to be a lot. My husband had just retired and I was exhausted. But after three years, I just, I couldn't walk away from it. You know, my, my sisters and I, when my parents were in crisis in a medical facility would stay there and do awake overnights with them. So maybe we'd work a 36 hour, literally a 36 hour shift and go home and research for another eight. Now I'm not, I, I certainly am not advocating people do that, that it was extreme. But at some point I also realized that it was like this lab experience had been created and I was supposed to learn how to do it. And if I had walked away, all of, all of that work would be gone. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, I have a, an unusual skill set coming from systems analysis and design. And right. my sister, I will still tout her as the best Google searcher ever. If I can't find it, she can find it in 30 seconds. And so we were really fortunate. We could find a lot of things that we needed. We could teach ourselves. But I just thought, you know, most people don't have that luxury. They don't have that skill set. So I tried to take everything and, and make it available in little pieces that people can use at the time they need it. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, that you brought forward, not just uh, in the way you help other people, but also in outlining something so important. You know, when people are thrown, and I'm going to say this, this is my word, are thrown into a situation like this. Mm-hmm. There's not an organized way to even know where to start, but you have outlined an approach and this is the work you do to help that you do to help others, you know, a systematic detail oriented way, right? To maybe document everything. And this is the key for things. So when we come back from break, I want to talk with you about not just how you did that, but what did you find are the critical success factors for successful caregiving? Because you and I talked about this before, folks don't even know what they don't know. Right. And they don't even know what questions to ask. I mean, I'm going in for an elective surgery here and I'm thinking about, I don't even know what questions to ask. And they've Mm -hmm. given me books to read and things to do and don't take this and don't do that. And if I had to do this on my own, I am not sure that I would be able to get this taken care of. When we come back, what is this about success in caregiving? And how do we honor those that take that journey? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with Trish Lowe. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Message delivery by Lisa Ann. You can't make this stuff up. Tune in every first and third Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Message Delivery is an inspirational show about the journey to enlightenment and spirituality. For more information or your own personal message delivery, visit AngelMessages2U.com. That's AngelMessages, the number two, the letter U, dot com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Hi, I'm Ambrosia. And I'm Alexa. And we, and we are the, the hosts, hosts of, of Inner Bloom Podcast. Podcast. A podcast about spirituality and intuitive development. 
Together, we utilize our intuitive gifts and our own personal life experiences to empower you to live an extraordinary life. Check us out and subscribe at innerbloompodcast.com. Are you ready to find out who you really are? Are you ready to have fun and listen to the soul part of yourself? Indulge in a deeper meaning with Laura Goldstein, host of Coffee with the Universe. This show will awaken that true self hidden deep within you and will get you energized on who you were created to be. So go ahead, grab your cup of joe and experience Coffee with the Universe with Laura Goldstein on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. I mean, I want everybody to meet Trish Glaub. And, you know, we're talking about A Most Meaningful Life, which is also her fabulous book. But we're also talking about her journey and her upcoming show. And what we're what we're doing is, you know, look, there are many books that you can read that give you science that are really quite academic. But when you meet somebody that has also walked the path, there's a certain sense that you get from what they can provide and help you with. You know, it's like a mentor said to me once, one of my credible mentors, right? Sedonia Cahill, she said to me, Pat, you can't take a person place you haven't gone. And, you know, that had to do with what happens when you get sick. I'd never really been sick. Your world changes. Trish, before we talk about what people should know that continues to help them with success. How do people find out about you? How did they find out about your uh, show, your books, all of the above? They can go to my website, trishlaub.com. It's T-R-I-S-H-L-A-U-B is in boy.com. And they can find out about the books, um, my speaking, consulting, the radio show. There's a separate tab for that. And um, some of the other things that I do offer. Look, you have walked the path, right? Yes. Right? Um, and, you know, when you walk the path, you learn what works and what doesn't. You learn, oh, wait a minute, that looks like a pothole. You know what? Let me help you not step in that. What did you find is on your list of things, what are kind of your top three critical success factors? Meaning, what have you discovered will either help somebody get to that successful caregiving place or not? I think the first is perspective mm. and you think, well, what's that got to do with it? It has a lot to do with it. It probably is the number one reason my dad continued to live a meaningful life. He lived with Alzheimer's for probably about 20 years. So perspective, um, know where your head is in the game and people can decide that now. I knew I always wanted to, to be a part of uh, taking care of my parents but then I also went through an entirely specific process in regard to Alzheimer's. My mom had cancer. So obviously that was different. Uh, so perspective, you know, it's 10% what happens to you and 90% how you choose to, to respond. And there's a big difference between reacting and responding because responding is a choice. Um, the second thing I think is, um, I'm just, I just came up with this one while you were talking. I think it's the ability to creatively solve problems to look at a situation and 99% of the world is doing it this way and it's not working for anybody. So why are we going to do that? Come up with a different way to do it. And it can be something simple. Like um, I had a caregiver suggest that we get a baby wipe warmer for the wipes. Cause they, the cold wipes made my dad up and upset him. Something simple like that to really big things. Um, my dad had dysphagia and I, this isn't all that creative, but at some point I said, you know what? I think we need to retest him. And every medical practitioner said no. And we retested him and it improved his quality of life significantly because we could back off on thickening things. So I think creative problem solving makes all the difference. And then the other one is to truly know what your philosophy is about care, about life, about someone else's right to live their life their own way. 
what your goal is. Um, I had a situation where a very, very dear, very close friend called me one day and she said, Trisha, what are you doing? Why are you keeping your dad alive? And I said, I'm not. I don't choose when he leaves, but I do get to impact the quality of his life. So the goal, is it longevity? Is it quality? And then having a strategy, a goal is only a wish if, you know, you don't have a plan. So it's, a, it's having a strategy and knowing that um, our, our entire team knew what our philosophy was and they knew what our goal was. And therefore it made all the decision-making easy. So I think those are the top three. You know, you mentioned a couple of things too that I, I just think about for myself and I think about this for others. You know, part of this journey that you describe and certainly you talk about in the book is understanding what is successful, but there are other aspects to that. And I want to ask you about this. You know, we think about, oh, I've got to make sure I have the pills lined up. Oh, I got to make like those things, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, do I have the appointments, right? And I know what Linda went through with her mom, right? 12 years of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yet we don't think about this other thing. We don't think about services, Mm -hmm. Right. We don't think about, well, wait a minute, I'm doing this, but I'm kind of here in my own little bubble. Are there services in the caregiving arena that when you think about them, Trish, you think, oh, my goodness, this has got to be on your top 10 list. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually two and almost three, depending if you understand the second one. But the first service, I think if I'm understanding your question is, um, and it can be provided by yourself or you can hire someone to do it is patient advocacy. What I learned going into the medical um, community, I mean, they're rock stars at what they do. They save yeah. lives. If yeah. you're in the hospital, you're either doing surgery or something like that, or they're saving your life. Yeah. Um, and then you have this care world and there isn't um, much more than a really limp handshake between the two and there's it there's actually a time between discharge at a medical facility and going back into a care facility or to your home where I call it limbo because nobody's really overseeing things and even while our parents were in medical facilities we oversaw their care as so but patient advocacy is a term but it's also a job it's also a service provided by board certified patient advocates and I highly recommend that people do a little research on that because it's an invaluable service. The other one to me is, has got to be one of the greatest services offered in our country and it's palliative care. But most people do not understand what palliative care is. And hospice care is a little tiny, it's, it's like the handle of the umbrella. There's an umbrella of comfort services that anyone with a life altering diagnosis is eligible for palliative care. And then hospice care, I mean, I those people are just angels. I mean, they, they come and make your life okay. The life of the person who's transitioning as well as yours. So those would be the three top services per se, I would think. I found the most valuable. Yeah. You know, you touched on a couple of things and, and, you know, so not only are what we're talking about is important for people to understand, but you also work with people that, may have different situations. They may be in a different need. They may have a different aspect of this. And, you know, when you're in the middle of something, cutting to the chase of all that is daunting. And that's why, you know, for me, I think about who's going to be on my team, right? If I'm going to get something where I'm not going to be able to get around, who's going to be on my team? Who's going to help me? Um, and that's part, that's where you come in. You know, what is it that people should think about and look about when they're making this decision and think, I got this, I can do this alone, Trish. Uh, well, maybe you can, maybe you can. Um, my sisters and I, because we didn't have the information, we didn't know what we didn't know. And as you said, there were many books out there. Some of, many of them are fabulous, but I didn't have time to find them. I didn't have time to read them. There are organizations, but now after the fact, when I can look back, my sisters and I did became all the players. It's like a football team. Yeah. You need a coach, um, you need a quarterback and you need a whole lot of, of players. Um, or at least be aware of them. Maybe your particular situation doesn't need everybody, but a patient advocate can be a, per, a person on that team. 
So when I mentioned the three top things, I'd say, you know, the care team is probably right up there with the three, but that made it four. Uh, <laughs> to have an actual care team. And it's something that I think people need to consider upfront. So, okay, right now they're just helping with bills and they're taking food over sometimes and maybe cleaning. Okay, that's great. And maybe you have a, somebody, maybe you pay somebody to do some of that. They're part of your team. But look down the road a little bit to be aware. It's always kind of being it's good to be aware of that next level that you might need just to even know about a patient advocate or a um, placement consultant for housing. That's another person that didn't, I don't, I'm not even sure they existed when I was going through it. It's a phenomenal service. Um, but you know, your medical professionals on your, are on your team, any caregivers are on your team. It, to me, it's a team effort. Your team may be just you. Yeah. It may expand. And you, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I want to be really clear. My approach is not to say it needs to be done A, B, C, D, E, because there's absolutely not two caregiving situations that are the same. There's different fact, financial factors, different housing factors. And so my approach is to say, these are the things you need to consider. If these five of 10 don't apply to you, then look at the other five. But these are the kinds of things that you might want to be thinking about. Yeah. And that's where it gets confusing for people, because even the best of us at the best times of our lives in the best situations, we can be moderately good at decision making. But when you take scenarios like this and you apply stress, then you apply compassion, then you apply the emotional aspect of this. You know, you need help with the guiding system, the guidance system around this. Not only that's what you do, but also in your show, A Cup of Comfort. That is about this. This is about care hero topics that nobody wants to talk about. And I just want to say to folks before we go to break, that is the second and fourth Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. When we come back, we're going to think about what are those things in the journey that really do scare us? What are some of the things mm -hmm. we just don't want to face? What are some of the things that put us in the light mode and why why is it these things are some of the most important aspects of this journey that's what trish loud's going to talk about when we come back let's take a short break everybody we'll be right back hi everyone i'm the host of nothing but now mindful living with dr mary angela mcguire on transformation talk radio I share ideas, insights, and tools you can use to release yourself from fearful and negative thinking and live from a place of clarity and confidence. Please join me in each show where we challenge ourselves to change together. Please go to my website, mcguirelifecoach.com. That's mcguirelifecoach.com. See you next time. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Yeah. Check us out at drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh my goodness. A word of caution. If you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, 
but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. I am so thrilled to be talking with all of you about, uh, first of all, about something that no, I mean, this is what Trish Love does. These are topics nobody really wants to talk about. And yet we're all faced with them. You know, I can't tell you how many people in my circle of friends are right now going through things they never expected to go through and going through it in times that are so absolutely daunting. We're going to talk about how to take the fear and negativity out of what? Yeah, that thing, that end of life planning. But before we do that, how do people get copies of your book? And again, how do they find out about your radio show, past episodes, all of the above? They can go to trishlaub.com. That's T-R-I-S-H-L-A-U-B as in boy.com. And you can find out everything about the books. You can purchase books there. Um, everything about the radio show. So it's all in one place. Easy to find. Thank you. Okay. This idea, this end of life planning, I I think, Mm -hmm. you know, when I think about the whole concept, the the psychology of flight or fight, this is one of these things where flight seems to be the action of choice. It's (laughs) like, what did you just say? I'm gone. Um, How do you help people take the fear, the stigma and the negativity out of this? How did you all do it? Well, fortunately, my parents had their estate planning, their powers of attorney, their personal representatives, their advanced directives in place. Um, we had talked about DNRs, but they had made their own choices. And so I, in, if we caught a break anywhere, it was there. The other thing I just have to say, the other place we really caught a break is that there was a moment in time a couple of years before, well, four years before I moved here, where I looked at my mom and I said, you and dad need to be in a one-story place by spring. And they did it. So not waiting too long to move. I just had to throw that in there, but um, because it's really important. So we knew what my parents' wishes were, but what that did for us is it made me realize what a gift that was. I could stand someplace in a hospital room with one of them unconscious and I knew what they wanted. That was not my responsibility. My responsibility was to see that that was executed. And so what I talk about, well, first of all, in talking, when, when people start to, the topic of estate planning comes up, and I use that as a generic term for all medical directives and everything. It's just a nicer term. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens is it strikes, like you said, fear and negativity. It makes people face their mortality and it's scary. And what I hope to help them with is to help them understand that it's powerful to do your estate planning. You are in control of your life. You are stating what your wishes are, but then you're also giving this amazing gift to the people who provide care for you. And if that's the same as family, that's great. And if it's not, you are also giving the peace of mind to family that they don't have to come up with the decisions. They don't have to make the choices. It's very, very powerful and freeing to do that for yourself. You're taking the power for yourself and you're freeing everybody else from those choices and decisions. So I think it's a gigantic gift. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of the things that you're right. We don't want to think about, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But there's one thing that I've heard more people say than not are, I wish I would have. I wish mom Mm -hmm. would have, I wish dad would have, you know, I wish my brothers and sisters would have, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, how often do we hear that? You know, do do people say them in regrets? A little bit, right? Um, But for the most part, it's 
if we would have only done this, this would have changed. You know, let's talk about that. You, you is it different for people where we're talking about Alzheimer's or something else? Well, I think first of all, just to address your your yeah. most of what you said, I've been asked, how do you go through this process without regrets? And I think that answer is you make the best choice in the moment that you can with the information mm -hmm. that you have. Mm -hmm. I literally would drive three minutes to the hospital, walk in and some doctor would look at me and ask me a life and death question. I hadn't even heard the question before. So you do the best you can. And what's freeing about that is if five minutes later, you have better information, you use that and make a different choice. And so it's all about being able to say, I did my best for this person. I did my best with the situation I had. Um, you know, with Alzheimer's, I don't know that it's, or people with dementia, I don't know that it's different to me. It was just, it was, it was uh, actually, it was the same because I did my best to keep my dad safe because he couldn't, he was the big protector. He was a big man and he was, no one was going to hurt his kids or his wife. And he was the protector. And now I had to be his protector. And I made him a promise. I verbalized it to him. And I said, I will keep you safe. Yeah. So, you know, I think with dementia, there's an element of safety that ups the ante a little bit. And then also because they can't advocate for their own dignity and the quality of life. That was something that I took on and said, okay, this is going to be part of my deliverable. So, you know, with my mom, um, I didn't really have to fight to keep her safe because my, my dad had cognitive challenge. My mom couldn't have been brighter, smarter, sharper at 92. I mean, I, my joke is always be, geez, I wish I would be that bright someday, you know? Right. Um, but hers was physical. She had a, just a myriad of physical issues. So it was very, very different. And she could speak for herself. Um, and that's kind of, if you don't mind, I, I want to just kind of throw this in too. It was please, an interesting thing please. that we found that we automatically did. It's it, to me, the dignity and respect piece is huge. And that's what our, I'm just going to say it. That's what our country has kind of lost sight on, I think, in taking care of our older, our elders. And um, so my mom could be laying in the hospital, looking at me, feeling very, very sick. And the doctors would walk in and talk to me and I'd say, your patient's right over there. And then they would ask her a question. I would look at her and I would wait. And then I would say, do you want me to answer? So it was all about giving and keep keeping the power with the person mm. that owned the power. I know and that was a little tangent there. Sorry, but I think it's no, important. No, but it, what you just said is so important because sometimes yeah. we get so stuck in the details or the steps or the actions, mm -hmm. we forget about the people. And if that happens you significantly lose quality. We're just checking. Yes, those meds are important. Yes, keeping my parents, I mean, we had a short list. We had an objective, we had daily objectives. You know, they had to be kept clean. The meds had to be on time. But beyond that, there had to be quality time. There had to be quality life in between those medications. Yeah, and this is really the key. You know, as we're caught up in the day to day, and it is a very active and very focused role that you play when you Absolutely. step in and you you say, I am going to be this person that you're so focused sometimes you can forget that you're actually caring for a human being. Right. Right. And it's an interesting process for me because I realized more so with my dad than my mom, but with, because he was the one that had Alzheimer's. I watched like all of the daily junk that we think is so important. All the running here, running there, all of those, those kinds of things. I watched that all slip off of my dad like it was Teflon. And he, all that mattered to him was connection. That's all that mattered. It was yeah. everything to him. Yeah. And I would have people say to me, well, how do you connect to somebody with dementia or Alzheimer's? It took me a hot five seconds to connect with my dad every time I saw him. So, you know, it, he was in there just, it, maybe it took a little more time. I had a ritual outside the door of their uh, condo. And then I had a ritual when I came in and my mom knew what she would watch me do it. And then I would go because I would always address my dad first. My mom learned I wasn't being disrespectful to her. He needed the immediate lock-in and then I could go see my mom. Yeah. 
you know, this is so important. And, you know, this is why I said earlier, Trish, that when you're thinking that I got this, Mm -hmm. I can handle it, I can do it. These are the pieces where you don't see yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't see yourself. And experiences like you're describing and what you went through, they will change people. And I think the one thing that most people don't want to happen is this piece where they forget how to be compassionate, how to care and how to connect. Mm -hmm. And that's where for me, when you decide to take this journey alone, I always tell people rethink it because you're taking a journey you've never been before. You don't know what's going to come up. You don't know how you're going to have to overextend yourself emotionally and physically. And boy, wouldn't you want to get some relief. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Trish about something very important, comfort in their journey, how to bring this to care heroes, what that means, how does it differ from other things you've heard before. The term care hero is different than what you've heard before. That's what Trish Laub talks about. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Are you ready to awaken to your divine and true potential? Tune in to a Spirited Exchange Radio with me, Carrie Kadambi, every second and fourth Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We discuss the evolution of the modern mind and how the power of awakening, healing, and connecting allows us to step into living a life of love in action. For more information about me, visit TheDivineGuidanceGift.com. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Peggy Show, all things wellness with Coach Peggy Wilms. Tune in live every first and third Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you settling? No more. Coach Peggy takes on all things wellness. We go way beyond nutrition and fitness. The Coach Peggy Show is not afraid to be bold, badass, and it's never half in. For more information, visit AllThingsWellness.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The Power of Inspiration and Awakening Radio with Juliet Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. You know, marriage is not always easy, but skills that improve communication go a long way. Tune in to The Relationship Rehab Show, Recovering Happiness in Your Love with Nancy Landrum and Dr. Pat each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Nancy is an author and teacher empowering couples to create and sustain loving marriages. Learn to listen, speak, and handle conflict with respect so your love can flourish. To learn more about Nancy and her work, visit NancyLandrum.com. Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles share stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you, all of you, the best <laughs> listeners on the planet, a most meaningful life with Trish Lyle. But before we go into this next conversation, the conversation about comfort in their journey, you know, comfort in their journey, and then care hero. That is something Trish Lyle has created. This is the work she does. This is what she writes about. This is the show she does. Um, this is how you honor these folks that step into a position that 
they're not always sure about what it is or how to do it, but they step up and they step in. And in order to find out more about Trish, uh, again, let's make sure Trish people know how to work with you. How do they maneuver through that in, you know, through your website? Just give folks some information if you would. Sure. The website is Trish Laub. Last name is laub.com. B as in boy. Um, you can find out about the book series. Uh, it's um, A Most Meaningful Life, My Dad and Alzheimer's. There's a book completely dedicated to caregiving, um, the, everything you need to know about caregiving. It's through the rabbit hole, navigating the maze of care. And then the third one is Peaceful Endings, and that is Guiding the Walk to the End of Life and Beyond. And then you can find information about presentations and speaking that I do, um, uh, consulting services. I have a membership side to my website where all of the text of my books, every article and the content of interviews is on there, plus other features. But all of that information is searchable. So you can put in one keyword and find out any reference to that. And then, of course, um, A Cup of Comfort, the... Uh, radio show. Yeah. There's a tab on that that will show um, upcoming episodes, podcasts from previous episodes, and everything you would want to know about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's talk about the why to this. Mm -hmm. And the why really has been talked about throughout here and of, of certainly in your work. But it is a why. And the why has to do with these folks that step forward in a role. And a lot of them would even say, yeah, I'm a caregiver. They say something like, I'm just doing what I need to do. Mm -hmm. Of course I would do it. Um, let's talk about, you know, what does comfort in their journey? What does that say about these folks and your role in advocacy? Well, comfort in the journey is overarching all of the um, services and options, but a cup of comfort is really pretty specific and it's deliverable. Um, it is really, it's a half hour radio show that I wanted it to be a brief period of time. Caregivers don't have time. They don't have time to find the next thing they need or to eat or to sometimes run to the bathroom. But hopefully they've got 15, 20, 30 minutes if they can get in there and just grab something that they enjoy drinking, a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, something, I don't know, a glass of wine, whatever, um, and, and just listen and hopefully walk away. My, my goal is for them to walk away with a nugget, something that is actionable. But the other part of it is I want it to be a celebration of care heroes. People who provide care, and that starts with dropping a meal off at a friend's house or um, taking a meal to someone who's housebound or picking up, you know, um, dry cleaning for a neighbor. It starts out as activities of independent living. Very often it moves into activities of daily living, which are ADLs. And those are things like mobility and they require more um, assistance with eating. It becomes a bigger job. But each and every one of us steps into that and we don't, it's unknown. We don't know what we're getting into. We don't know if it's going to grow, if it's temporary, if it's long-term. I certainly didn't know how long my journey was going to be. And so each of those people stepped into, even if they think it was a responsibility, they chose to respond to their ability. They didn't have to do that. And they did. And they walked into an unknown. And so that, that, should be celebrated. Yes, there we are providing care, caregiving, but that really sounds one-sided to me. And it is not a one-sided trip. So I have heard care partners and that kind of takes us up a notch, but I think we're care heroes. I know we're care heroes and that, that deserves to be celebrated. And then hopefully I can just hand them a little nugget. And then after each episode, they can go on my website and do a downloadable PDF because I know it's really, really tough to retain information when you're providing care for someone else. And this really too is, it gets back to how we started this and certainly it honors your journey. It honors, you know, what you have been able to experience through this and then make a personal commitment, Trish, that you are not just going to share this but you were going to help others mm -hmm. because this is a scenario that folks will face, most likely face in their lives 
-hmm. and don't really anticipate the wide range of things they really are going to be responsible for. Everything from a power of attorney to the power of enacting it, all of the above. So I want to thank you. And again, um, of course, people can call you, they can contact you, and they don't always need to know. So I want to say this one last thing. They do not always need to know what they're going to ask you. And I think that's why people don't call because they're like, oh, I'm not going to have really an intelligent question. No. How do people do that? How did they get to work with you? How can you help them on this journey? They're on the website trishlob.com there are a variety of contact forms and you don't even have to use the correct form on the you know you can use any of them it'll get to me but just you know write me your story if you don't have a question just tell me a little bit about what your situation is and and maybe that you just feel like you don't know where to go from there um share a tip with me caregivers are the best resources for what works and what doesn't work um on my, like I say, on my website, there's a contact page, but on almost every other page, there's a contact form you can fill out. You can email me at info at You can call me at the phone numbers at the bottom of the website. Any, any way you can find me on social media and message me there. Yeah. Last question. I'd love to know your personal message. What would you like to leave us with today? Wow. Um, I guess my personal message is, is that caregiving is an honor. It is a privilege. Um, taking someone through to the end of life, our culture has a lot of fear around that. And I found that it is second only to birth in intimacy to another soul. And I encourage people to step into it, just heart open and know that you're going to be okay. If you don't have an answer and I don't have an answer, I can find you someone who does. Just know that there, this isn't a, there isn't one roadmap and I'm one of many people out there that can help you. I love it. Thank you so much, Trish Laub, everybody. So much information and dedication, conviction and strength of who she is, what she does to help all of us, and the conviction of her advocacy. Trish Laub, everybody, I'm Dr. Pat. And I want to make sure when you go to her website, let me just say this. When you go to trishlaub.com, there's not just information here. There's Care Hero Radio. There's information. You might be thinking to yourself, well, I'm a business. Yes. There's information about businesses. How do we come in and educate people? There's information about who she is, her newsletter, her books are here, her speaking's here. So clearly what I want to say to all of you that comfort in their journey, this is something that steps forward and brings this conversation to a new level. And as she would say to all of you and what we've said today, it's okay if you don't know. It's okay if you're in the middle of a COVID crisis and you find yourself today caring for or being with or being responsible for something that you didn't think you would have to be responsible for. And I want to say this to everybody. Once upon a time, this was a conversation for people that were a bit older, taking care of older people. That is not the world we're living in today. We're in a different world and I would encourage everyone listening to this show, whether you are 20 or a hundred, it doesn't matter. This is not a journey that you have to take alone. 